is Christian Questions. Margaret Mead once said, Never believe that a few caring people can't change the world, for indeed, that's all who ever have. Good morning, everyone, and welcome to Christian Questions Talk Radio with a Purpose. With Jonathan and Rick, this isn't your typical Christian commentary. We love talking with our audience and promise to never talk at you like so many talk shows do today. This is a conversation about biblical topics as we look at them from a different perspective. And Rick, that perspective is based on godly principles, family values, honest dialogue, all in a politically free zone. Jonathan, the best part is this. We talk and you listen, and then you talk and we listen. You can also contact us at our website, ChristianQuestions.com. I'm Rick. And I'm Jonathan. And we're glad you've chosen to spend some time with us on this fine Sunday morning. And Jonathan, good to have you back. Hey, it's great to be back. And Kathy did do a good job in your place last week. Thank you, Kathy. <laughs> <laughs> but we're glad you're here. And what's our topic this morning? Well, Rick, our question is, are you a sheep or a goat? And our theme text is found what in a Matthew. a strange question to ask <laughs> on a Sunday morning at 7 o'clock. It is. Our theme text is in Matthew, chapter 25, verse 32. All the nations will be gathered before him, and he will separate them from one another, as the shepherd separates the sheep from the goats. And Jonathan, as we look at this statement by Jesus, we know that Jesus was a master storyteller. He knew how to keep people's attention while teaching important and difficult things by using very commonplace subjects like farming, fishing, servants, weddings, and so forth. Most of the time, most of his audience didn't fully understand his lessons, and Jesus actually wanted it that way. That's subject for another day. But This morning, we're going to look at the parable of the sheep and the goats and see who Jesus is talking about and what time period he's talking about. Are sheep and goat are sheep good and goats bad? That's really the question. Gotcha. Okay, okay. so if you're labeled as a sheep, it's like yay, and labeled as a goat, boo. <laughs> and is that is that what it is, or is there something something more to that? Uh, before we actually get started with this, uh, Jonathan, we do want to welcome in uh, our, any new audience that's with us at Talk Radio 8:50 a.m. in Tennessee. Welcome. We're glad to have you on board with us for the very, very, very first time. And uh, this is a call-in program, so if you do have comments, our number is 866-985-4255, toll-free, 866-985-4ALL. And again, we are live Sunday mornings from 7 to 9, and that means we're on right now. And our conversation continues on ChristianQuestions.com. Check out our Facebook and our blog. And also, Jonathan, we do have some uh, special guests in the studio with us this morning. Yes, we do. We have Julie and Doug. Julie is our chief rewinder. Good morning, Julie. Good morning, Rick. Good morning, Jonathan. Good morning. Where are you from? Uh, the the rewinds come produced straight out of Chicago, Illinois. So they're out visiting us for the weekend from Chicago, Illinois, and you brought your husband along, Doug. Good morning. Yeah, he's he, here. He fulfilled his responsibility. <laughs> he said, "Yeah, I can say good morning." Anything else, Doug? Like, uh, it's great to be here. I'm glad to be part of this today. It's a beautiful Sunday morning. All right, thank you. And All right. uh, we're going to be hearing a little bit from Julie about the rewind, the whole rewind thing, and how it works, and what it is, and and folks, and how you can get be, become a part of it because it's. Really cool. It is. It's just really cool stuff. So we're going to be coming back to that. So a lot of uh, great extra things are happening here this morning. So right now, though, Jonathan, let's get started. This parable, the story of the sheep and the goats, does this 
parable, this story that Jesus told about the dividing the sheep from the goats, does it apply to everyone right now? And, and that's a hard question, and to figure out a question like that, you have to figure out the context of something. That's right. Your favorite word? That is my, one of my very favorite words. This, so this parable has a very specific application for its primary lesson, though you can certainly apply the principles at any time. Right, right. And that's a good point. And And... Oftentimes, that's what happens is many times we take the teachings of Jesus and we look at the general principles and say, well, this is good. But we're missing actually the deeper, most important lesson, which is usually very pointed. Right. So we want to find out what that pointed lesson is from this particular story of the sheep and the goats. So to do that, to figure out the context, you've got to look at the scriptures around what you're talking about. Good point. So... The after Jesus' great prophecy of his return in, in Matthew 24. Remember he talked about when he's coming back and what it's going to be like. And right. he talks about the reestablishment of Israel as a nation. Hint, hint, you know, in terms <laughs> of his return. Um, he begins Matthew 25 with a parable. Not this parable, but another parable. And, and let's just touch on that real quickly. Matthew 25, 1 and 2. Then the kingdom of heaven will be compa- comparable to ten virgins who took their lamps and went out to meet a br- bridegroom. Five of them were foolish, and five were prudent. Okay, so he talks, he gives this parable of the the uh, the ten virgins going out to meet the bridegroom, and this story is directed to Jesus' true followers mm-hmm. about being prepared for the coming of the bridegroom, which is the return of Jesus. And, right, and it makes perfect sense because sure. it's right after his prophecy about his return. Yes. So he gives the prophecy about the things that are going to happen in the world, what to look for, and then he gives a story that is, is, is very pointed at the individuals who would be affected by that, who would know about it. And the main lesson he's trying to put across is we're supposed to watch and wait in a prepared spiritual state. Right, because remember in that in that parable you had these these 10 virgins waiting for the coming of the of the bridegroom and the problem was there wasn't enough oil. That's right. Cuz he came a lot later than they thought he would and those who had thought through it went and got extra ahead of time. But it was too late for the others. For the others. So you had 5 that were in, in really good shape and 5 mm-hmm. that were not in really good shape. Right. So he's he's giving this story right on the heels of of, of his great prophecy of his return. And that's important. He's saying, "Okay, here's what's going to happen in the world. Now, here's what has to happen amongst you. You, my followers, must follow a very specific pattern. You have to be prepared spiritually." Okay? So that's that's good. where he starts. Then after he tells that story, he goes to another story. Not our story yet, okay? but another story. And that picks up in Matthew 25, verses 14 and 15. For it is just like a man about to go on a journey, who called his own slaves and entrusted his possessions to them. To one he gave five talents, to another two, to another one, each one according to his own ability. And he went on his journey. So now Jesus is telling another story, uh, the, the, the story about the, the, the talents, the giving the talents to the, to the servants. And now this story, this parable, builds on the foundation of the previous story. Not only must true Christians watch and wait in a prepared state, that was the message of the first story, right? but they have to work hard at the opportunities in the work of the gospel that they're given while they're waiting. They have to use what they, their abilities are. Right. So, I don't know, you can't see this on, on the radio, but what am I doing? I'm twiddling my thumbs. I see it. You can't be twiddling your thumbs 
waiting for Jesus to return. Like, okay, I'm spiritually ready. I'm praying, and I'm just going to wait. But what are you doing? I'm waiting, Jonathan. <laughs> I'm waiting. I'm looking around, and I'm just twiddling my thumb. He's saying you can't do that. He's saying you have to put yourself in a position to use the opportunities that are presented to you. So these two stories are, are leading up to this third story. And Rick, in the lesson, in this uh, parable, if you use that which you are given as a bondservant of Christ, that's great. But if you're not, you're going to lose it. Right. And, and, that, and these, are, these are sobering uh, parables because in the, in, the, in the first one, the parable of the ten virgins, the five that didn't have enough oil, yep. they were locked out. That's right. Then you say, oh, you know, don't be harsh. Well, look, that's, that's the way, that was the message of the story. In this one, the parable of the talents, those who didn't use, and it's specifically, <laughs> it's early in the morning still, give me a break. <laughs> specifically, the individual given the one talent is the one that, remember, didn't use it, and, and right. buried, buried it in the it, ground, yeah. and he says, "Here, master, you know, here's here's what you gave me. I'm giving it back to you." And uh, so, it's often the ones, those of us who don't, it doesn't look like we've got a lot to use, mm-hmm. that we decide, well, I probably it's not going to be worth anything anyway. Oh, woe is me! And and Jesus is saying, "Don't be like that." So you're right. If you don't use it, you lose it. So the common ground of these two parables, Jonathan, is what. Uh, true Christians only. It's spoken to his true followers, not to anybody else. These are messages for his true followers. What else? For the preparation and the work of the gospel are at stake. All right, and that's what they're getting ready to do, to prepare for and to do the work of the gospel. And Jesus is returning to judge each effort. So you are on trial as a true Christian. You're then. accountable. You are absolutely very accountable. And what else? And there is, Rick, a potential for great loss. Yes. And so there is a dramatic responsibility that is, is brought out in these two particular stories. Folks, listen, if you have a thought, we're going to be talking right now, as a matter of fact, going to be talking about the parable of the sheep and the goats and what it means and when it applies and what lessons we can draw from it. And are all, are all sheep good and are all goats bad? And if you have a thought, we'd love to hear from you at 866-985-4255, toll free, 866-985-4ALL. We're live Sunday mornings from 7 to 9, and that means we're on right now. And the conversation continues next hour online and all through the week at ChristianQuestions.com. We have tons of topics on our featured audio archives, our CQ Rewind, our Facebook, our blog. Go to ChristianQuestions.com and check it all out. And we're going to get a little bit of uh, in- input on, Christi- on, on CQ Rewind at the beginning of the next segment, folks. You know, what is it? How do you get it? It's the most cool thing you ever saw. That's all I'm going to tell you. So you want to just, at the beginning of this next segment, we're going to get into that. Uh, we have our chief rewinder here to explain it. And there's nobody better to explain it than the person who does it. You got it. So she came all the way out here from Illinois. Thank you, Julie. To explain it. So, <laughs> All right. Uh, before we get to that, though, Jonathan, let's start now. The next parable that Jesus tells after these first two is now the parable of the sheep and the goats. Let's get started with the first few verses, Matthew twenty-five, thirty-one, and 32. But when the Son of Man comes in his glory and all the angels with him, then he will sit on his glorious throne. All the nations will be gathered before him and he will separate them from one another as the shepherd separates the sheep from the goats. All right, now, this is interesting because you've got the context painfully set up. It's, it's, it's set up, and you're talking about the development of true Christians and, and their personal responsibility and accountability. Yes. But how does this parable start? It's different, isn't it? It is, very. Why? What's the first difference? 
Um, this, first of all, is as a result of Jesus' return. So the previous two parables are in preparation for his return. Right, but this is after. So this takes a leapfrog forward in time. Yes. And says, okay, now when the Son of Man comes in his glory. So the other two are, okay, we're getting ready, we're accountable and all of that. So you can't possibly, here's the first thing, you can't possibly apply the lesson, the, the primary lesson of the sheep and the goats, at the same time you apply the other two parables. That's interesting. Because Jesus says, here's the context of my next story. So if we don't pay attention to the way he sets up the context, we're going to miss the main point. Good point. We can get good points. Yes, we can. Good points. But we don't get the main point. And the main thing, Jonathan, always has to be the main thing. That's right. So Context is so important. It, it really is. And, and that helps us to really understand things like this. So the first difference is this is a parable as a result of Jesus' return because Jesus himself tells us that. And so it says that um, he comes with all of his angels. What does that mean? That's right. Now, that's interesting. His angels are the true church. They're with him. Remember, they're to judge right. the world and even angels. So you have the true followers of Christ that are being prepped in the previous two parables so they can do this job in the third parable. That's right. So there is definitely a before and after picture. And when it says he comes with all of his holy angels, uh, and it's talking about the, those who have been developed through the experience of the previous two parables. They're, they were the wise, the faithful right. with him. Now remember, in the first two parables, in, in the parable of the, the ten virgins and the parable of the talents, it was uh, the, the true followers of Christ who were having to be accountable. Right. In this parable, who's involved? It says all nations are involved. So this is a whole different story applied in a whole different way applied at a whole different time. And to get the main lesson, you have to know how all of that works. You have to know how it all fits together. You have to know how everything falls into place. This is Christian Questions. I'm Jonathan here with Rick. Our subject this morning, Are You a Sheep or a Goat? Coming up, what is it about sheep and goats that makes them a perfect description of people? Bah. That's next. You're listening to Christian Questions. Welcome back. This is Christian Questions. I'm Jonathan here with Rick. Our subject this morning, are you a sheep or a goat? If you have a thought, give us a call at 866-985-4255. That's 866-985-4ALL. We're live Sunday mornings from 7 to 9. That means we're on right now. And our website, ChristianQuestions.com. And we want to welcome in our new listeners at Talk Radio 850 AM in Tennessee. Great to have you with us. Uh, we love to hear from our listeners. So again, as Jonathan said, if you do want to make a comment, call in. You'll talk to our screener. We'll get you all prepared and get you on the air if we can. So uh, as we get started, Jonathan, we're talking about the sheep and the goats. But I want to take just a couple of minutes here and uh, talk with Julie. She's in, in the studio with us um, uh, about Seeker Rewind because it's, that's a, a premium service that we offer from Christian Questions, see, uh, ChristianQuestions.com. And Julie, you're, you are our chief rewinder. Yes. How, what is Seeker Rewind, and what, what got, how did it get started? 
Well, CQ Rewind is what we offer. It's a 10-page illustrated document that backs up what the previous uh, radio program has said. So it's detailed points, notes, scriptures. We'll add charts. We'll add photos, anything that makes the program come alive on the page to use as an augmented Bible study. So we have a, a, a beautiful library online at, at ChristianQuestions.com of nearly 200 rewinds that we've done with the program. So when you want to listen to an archived program, you can also download the rewind and you can read along with Rick and Jonathan and, uh, and see the program as well. So now we, we got started with this about, what, almost three and a half years ago yeah. now. And uh, Julie, you've been doing this every week. Yes, every week. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But it's good. It's good. First of all, it allows me to sit for several hours with, with a Bible study every week, so I really love that. And the feedback from the listeners that we get, where it helps them in their own Bible study, that really keeps us going as yeah. well. Yeah, and, and you're right. It, it really is inspiring. And folks, it is a <clears throat> free service that you can get, is available to you at uh, ChristianQuestions.com. It's something you do need to sign up for. There is no cost. There is no obligation. But you sign up for it, and you'll get an email once a week with the, uh, with the attachment, uh, or the, the, the link for the attachment, rather. And you open it up and, and use it as you, you see fit. So um, we're going to hear a little bit more from Julie about that as we go through the program. But again, here we are. We're sitting in our studio in, in Connecticut, in New London, uh, Connecticut. And Julie does the rewind. She lives in Chicago, Illinois. And it all works. It does. And it's just a, just a cool thing. Um, and Julie and Doug, her husband, are here visiting this morning. Thank you for all of your efforts. That's right. Now, okay, let's get back to this, this why sheep and why goats. Uh, first of all, let's go to a, a soundbite here uh, from a, uh, a website, realdiscoveries.org, uh, and they're talking about the parable of the sheep and the goats and just bring up, bringing up some very interesting sort of side points, if you will. What happens when you put sheep and goats together? Jesus' audience readily understood the need for separating the two. In dry lands like Israel, goats and sheep often grazed together during the day because green pasture was sparse. At nightfall, when the shepherd brought the sheep and goats to their place of rest, he separated them into two groups. Goats by temperament are aggressive, domineering, restless and territorial. They butt heads with their horns whenever they think someone is intruding on their space. So it wasn't a very good reflection there on goats, was it? <laughs> no. <laughs> <coughs> Excuse me, very territorial. <clears throat> uh, Jonathan, we got um, an article written by Mike Ford from Forewarner <clears throat> in November 1994. We want to quote a couple of parts from that just give us a sense of the... Uh, uh, the, the the characteristics of goats, and then we're going to look at that scripturally and see if, in fact, that follows through with the scriptural representation. Because it does say in this parable that the sheep are on the good side and the goats are not. That's um, right. They're That's on the bad right. side. So So why would that be? And Mike Ford said, What is it about goats that causes God to use them in such a negative light? Goats have many admirable qualities. They are intelligent, sensitive, playful, quick to respond to individual attention and affection. Sounds good, right? Yes, it does sound good. So, what's the problem? <laughs> <laughs> you know, that's, that's one of the things we have to look at here. Um, l 
let's look at how the scriptures, and we're going to go back and forth with this article a little bit in the, in the segment, but the scriptures, how do the scriptures treat sheep and goats together? There is an early scripture back in Exodus that actually put the two together in, in a very good light. Absolutely. It says, uh, now if the household is too small for a lamb, then he and his neighbor nearest to his house are to take one according to the number of persons in them, according to that which men should eat. You are to divide the lamb. Your lamb shall be an unblemished male, a year old. You may take it from the sheep or from the goats. So this is the original Passover. Yes, it is. And we realize that the Passover became a central part of, of Israel in terms of their, their religious behavior. And here you have the, the Passover lamb, and we always talk about it as a Passover lamb. Yes, and but it can be a goat. It can be a goat, and that's okay. kind of interesting. It is. You know, why would that be? Uh, you know, why would it be from the sheep or the goats? What's the sense of that? And, and that's kind of, a, uh, in my mind, a thought question. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure that there's a, a very direct answer to that, except for perhaps it gives a sense that Jesus, who is represented by this Passover lamb, would ultimately represent all as the Passover lamb. Good point. So what it's saying, perhaps, and again, this is a thought question, uh, perhaps it's saying that Jesus, even though the goats end up bad, he still represented them. Ah, I like that. Perhaps. You know, I like that. That's a thought question. Folks, if you have a thought, you'd like to share with us. It's 866-985-4255, toll free, 866-985-4ALL. We are live Sunday mornings from 7 to 9, and that means we're on right now. And our website, ChristianQuestions.com. Okay, so as we go through this and, and, and lay out the, the, the parable of the sheep and the goats, we're taking a little bit of time and saying, okay, what is it about goats that puts them on the wrong side of the ledger? Uh, because the parable basically says the goats are on the left and they don't have a, a, a good ending. No. It's not a happily ever after. No, it's not. <laughs> it, it's, it's a destruction ever after. Yes. Why, then, are goats used to, to describe that? And you, you began reading from, reading from that article by Mike Ford, and it all sounded pretty good. There were admirable qualities. But wait. There's much more. Goats are capricious. They are impulsive and unpredictable, devious and contrary. They are grazing um, And it is not unusual to see several with their heads through a fence, straining to reach the grass that's always greener on the other side. (laughs) If they are not poking their heads through the fences, they may be standing on their hind legs, stretching for those tender leaves just out of reach. Goats are never content with what they have. All right. So you're looking at the actual physical situation where, where goats live and how they live, and, and they have this, these characteristics that are, uh, like, like the, the article is saying, they're always reaching for the grass, which seems to be greener somewhere else, reaching for the leaves that they can't really reach, but they want to get them, and uh, they're, they're very headstrong, mm-hmm. very, very headstrong animals. Now, goats scripturally here are shown according to their true nature in Zechariah. There's a prophecy in Zechariah, and it's fascinating because, again, it's, you've got this shepherd picture. Uh, and in Zechariah chapter 10, verses 1 to 3, the shepherd picture is shown to uh, put the sheep and the goats kind of where they belong way much later in Matthew when Jesus is talking about it. Ask ye of the Lord, rain in the time of the latter rain, so the Lord shall make bright clouds and give them showers of rain to every one grass in the field. For the idols have spoken vanity, and the diviners have seen a lie, and have told false dreams. They comfort in vain, therefore they went their way as a flock. They were troubled, because there was no shepherd. 
Mine anger was kindled against the shepherds. I punished the goats, for the Lord of hosts hath visited his flock of the house of Judah, and hath made them as his goodly horse in the battle. So you've got a lot of symbol, uh, symbolism in, in this scripture. We're not going to try to take this all apart at this moment here, but it talks about the flock, it talks about the fact that there's no shepherd, and God's anger was kindled against the fact that there was nobody leading Israel properly. That's right. And then he says, I'm going to punish the goats. Like, okay, what do they do? Well, they're goats. <laughs> and and they're, they, by nature, are not the, 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 the followers, the easy followers of the shepherd. They have a headstrong will that goes a different way. Yes. And that is, I think, the characteristic that becomes so important in this parable of the sheep and the goats. For us. Right, right. And, and for the lesson, and remember, the lesson is not, you can take the principles of the lesson and apply them right now, but the lesson is actually applied later once Jesus returns with his holy angels with his 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 true followers to judge the world in the day of judgment and this is the final judgment of all the nations at the end of the day of judgment and that's where all of this fits okay so let's go back to that article just for a moment here to uh just sort of finish up and we're just reading as a matter of fact in the bonus material at the end of CQ rewind we have this more of this article listed so we're just reading a couple of lines but if you do subscribe to CQ rewind there's always bonus material at the end, material that we just did not have the time to cover during the broadcast, uh, and that's there for you. You sign up at ChristianQuestions.com. It is a free service, and I'm telling you, you're going to love it. This is a quote by Mike Ford. They are experts in opening gates and squeezing through some small gaps because they hate to be confined. Fences that will handle sheep, cattle, and horses will not hold goats. They will work tirelessly to spring themselves from any situation they deem inhibiting. And that is really beginning to tell the story of why goats are used to portray those who meet with a very sad end. Mm-hmm. Because they they have it in their heads. This is what I'm. You know, sometimes is it sounds selfishness. It, it sounds like me sometimes to tell Uh-oh. you the truth. Like, well, I look. I hate to admit it, but you know, sometimes you get this idea in your head, and this is the way you're going to go, and this is how you're going to do it. And hey, look, don't bother me. I got my own agenda. And, and you know, and God can be looking down upon you, saying, "Rick, you're supposed to do my will." Yeah, and I'm saying, <laughs> "But I see it this way." You know, and and we have to understand that this kind of characteristic is not moldable. In the hands of God. Yes. And if you're not moldable in the hands of God, then you're missing something very, very big. So now let's talk a little bit about sheep. And in the scriptures, we always think about sheep and say, oh, sheep, the little will sheep. They're wonderful. They are. They're wonderful. And, and you know, the, Jesus is the shepherd. And you've got all of this great picture language about sheep. Yes. But there's a lot of flaws to sheep as well. There are? Yes, there okay. are. So, <laughs> and uh, this is from gospelcentric.org. I didn't like reading this. Yeah, I know. You're saying, and you asked me before the program. I you, did. Folks, he comes up to me and says, Rick, why, why did you list all the negative stuff? And, and the answer is because it's part of the characteristics, and if you want to be sh- a sheep, if you will, you need to understand that these are the kinds of things that you need to overcome. Okay. All right, All so right. let's just go through some of these characteristics of, of sheep. Sheep are foolish. Oh, great. Now, you know, that sets you up right there and says, uh, you know, here you are, you want to be a, a sheep, a follower of Jesus, and it says, and you're foolish. And sheep are slow to learn. Oh, good. You know, again, another characteristic that says, well, you know, I, I try to want to be bright, but it's saying that sheep are slow to learn. Sheep are unattractive. <laughs> That's why we're on radio. <laughs> sheep are demanding. Sheep are stubborn. 
Sheep are strong. Okay, strong. That's a good one. Yes. Okay. Sheep are straying. That's a bad one. Sheep are unpredictable. Sheep are copycats. And, and that's an interesting thing. If one sheep in a, in, in a, in a herd starts to, to uh, run, the other just follow. And if you were to ask them, why are you running? And they're going to say, I don't know. He's running. <laughs> and you're going to ask him, why are you running? I don't know. He's running. And, and when you ask the first one, you go, I don't know. <laughs> now, remember, Rick, sheep don't talk. No. <laughs> well, yeah, I, all right, all right, I know, but you get the point, okay? All right. But they're copycats, so that means they can easily be led positively or negatively. Sheep are restless. Uh-huh. Sheep are dependent. Sheep are the same everywhere. So there's a lot of different characteristics here, and, and one of the points that's important is to realize that sheep can be taught, they can be led, and even though they can be stubborn, it, they can be directed, and they can be, uh, they can be molded, if you will, to, 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 to fit into a, a, a bigger picture, mm-hmm. whereas goats, they're just way too headstrong for that kind of a thing. So I think that's why we have the imagery of sheep and goats. It, it gives us a sense that there are those, even though you have the flaws, there's good news because you, you, you know, there is hope. Good. Okay. <laughs> and sheep are also defenseless and insecure. It's said that sheep will not lay down to sleep unless it's safe. And that's an interesting thought because I was reading some of the things that we didn't put into the, into the program, but in one of the articles, they, the, the man was saying, I was observing these sheep, and it's like they never slept. And it's because they were insecure about something. Mm. So the shepherd's job is to make sure that the environment in which those sheep are supposed to sleep presents itself as secure. And what a great picture that is if you are a true sheep of Christ. And of course, when we think of that, we think of the Psalm 23. That's right. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me to lie in green pastures. And when you think about it, he makes me to lie in green pastures. What that is saying is, he creates an environment that is safe so I can lie down and rest. That's what one of the true characteristics of a sheep are, and they will respond directly to the shepherd, whereas the goats are going to fight against the shepherd. So in this segment, we've talked about the differences between sheep and goats so that we can understand what the imagery is about, what it's trying to point us to. So as we come to our next segment, we're going to look at how does all of that fit together. This is Christian Questions. I'm Jonathan here with Rick. Our subject this morning, are you a sheep or a goat? Coming up, Can you be a Christian and be a goat? Or is the goat only a description of a non-Christian? That's next. You're listening to Christian Questions. Welcome back. This is Christian Questions. I'm Jonathan here with Rick. Our subject this morning, are you a sheep or a goat? To be a part of our program, call toll-free 866-985-4255. That's 866-985-4ALL. We're live Sunday mornings from 7 to 9. That means we're on right now. And our website, ChristianQuestions.com. And we want to welcome in 
our new listeners from Talk Radio 850 AM in Tennessee. It is great to have you on board with us, and we certainly would love to hear whatever your comments or thoughts are on our subject at hand. And just so you know the ground rules, this is a topic-driven program. Yes. So if you do want to call in, we want you to talk about the topic. <laughs> you might have a lot of other thoughts on your mind, but you save those for another day. Right. Uh, but so uh, we're talking about this parable and the judgments. And this segment, Jonathan, really is about the judgment part of what happens with the sheep and the goats in this parable that Jesus gives. So all are judged according to the exact same standards for each class. Um, and we're, we were reading through, beginning to read through the parable. We're going to actually skip a few verses. We're going to come back to them later and get right to the judgment part. And, and here, here's the question. As you read through this, we're in Matthew chapter 25, verses 35 to 40. That The question is, what's the standard of judgment that's being used here for the, 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 the sheep and the goats? And this is Jesus talking to the sheep. Now, you told me earlier that sheep can't talk, and we know that. <laughs> but it's a story. It's right. giving us a sense in, cor- in, in relation to a story. It's not, he's saying that it's just like sheep and goats, so it's not like he's talking to sheep or goats. So, right. you know, work with us on that. Okay, <laughs> here's Jesus' response to those who are represented by the sheep. Then he will also say to those on his left, Depart from me, accursed ones, into the eternal fire which has been prepared. Wait, where are I'm you? Oh, uh, I'm on the wrong page. I say, those are the verses that we're not supposed to do yet. Sorry. You're jumping ahead of me. My mistake, Rick. <laughs> are you like being stubborn like a goat? I'm trying I not hope, to be. I hope not. Actually, <laughs> anyway, let's go. Let's that, try it again. Let's try it again. <laughs> For I was hungry, and you gave me something to eat. I was thirsty, and you gave me something to drink. I was a stranger, and you invited me in. Naked, and you clothed me. I was sick, and you visited me. I was in prison, and you came to me. Then the righteous will answer him, Lord, when did we see you hungry and feed you, or thirsty and give you something to drink? And when did we see a stranger and invite you in, or naked and clothe you? When did we see you sick or in prison and come to you? The king will answer and say to them, Truly I say to you, To the extent that you did it to one of these brothers of mine, even the least of them, you did it to me. So you have a very clear standard of judgment. And that standard of judgment is in relation to the things that those who are represented by the sheep, the things that they did, the things that they observed, and the actions that they took. So it's a very clear standard based on what you do with your life. Yes. And it's an accountability. And remember, when does this parable take place? Because you can take this as a good lesson for today, and it is. For sure. It is a great lesson, and the principles really do apply. And to, if you want to be pleasing to God, then yes, we should be looking at this saying, yes, I should be doing these things right now. But the context is in the day of judgment. Right, and it's, it's actually at the end of the day of judgment because the context says that after this judgment, you either live or you don't. So there, there's nothing else beyond that. It's either you're right. you, you're, you're living or, and you don't, uh, and it's it re, it's it's a judgment that is uh, in relation to all nations. So this is not just talking to. It's interesting because we always think of sheep in terms of followers of Christ. Mm-hmm. 
But this is talking about all nations as potentially being sheep also. Now, how is that possible? You have to wait for the second hour for that. And folks, if we're not on in your area in the second hour, what I want you to do is go to ChristianQuestions.com and click on the Listen Live button because the conversation will continue for the second hour and you really don't want to miss it because it's going to fill in all the gaps that we didn't get to in the first hour. ChristianQuestions.com, Listen Live, and you can stay with us if we're not on in your area for the second hour. So it's all about judgment, Jonathan. This is a parable about judgment, and it's about final judgment. There's no period, like we talked about the day of judgment uh, a couple weeks ago. Yes. And there was, remember, there was a time of accountability, and it's a time of trial, and time of, you know, trying to work things out. Uh, this doesn't sound like that. That's at the end of all of that. Right. Okay. So this is a final stamp of approval or disapproval. And that's very sobering. It is. Judgment standard. The judgment standard will be perfect justice. Let's look at Romans chapter 2, verses 3 to 10. But do you suppose this, O man, when you pass judgment on those who practice such things and do the same yourself, that you will escape the judgment of God? Or do you think lightly of the riches of his kindness and tolerance and patience, not knowing that the kindness of God leads you to repentance? So there's a... a an admonition there toward making sure that we're not pra- uh, passing judgment on others while we're doing the same kinds of things we're judging. Yes. And, yes. you know, that's often the case. We, we are harshest on those who essentially remind us of ourselves. Mm. And that, uh, that's, a, that's a sad situation, but that's true. But we're to be looking at ourselves in the mirror. Right. How am I doing? Am I becoming more Christ-like? Right. Am I doing what Jesus would want me to do? So the judgment's standards are, are perfect justice, perfect justice. And, and to me, that's a, even though it, it's in, in some ways you look at it and say, well, that's kind of harsh, it's a breath of fresh air. Because if justice is truly, truly served, then we all get what's coming to us. And again, we're, 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 not, we're not proposing to you that, boy, so many people are, are, are on the GOAT class and going to end up with, uh, with destruction. That's really not the case. No. Uh, but the case is that perfect justice will be uh, um, unfolding. Now, there's a vast tolerance for what we do. And sometimes we take tolerance, we look at God's tolerance for sin, and we, we interpret that as weakness, Tolerance is not weakness. It actually, it, it, it's just displayed so that things can unfold. Okay, it's a patient approach which allows really perfect justice to, uh, to unfold in God's plan. Now let's continue with the reading in Romans chapter 2. Folks, if you have a thought, it's 866-985-4255, toll free 866-985 for all. We are live Sunday mornings from 7 to 9 and that means we're on right now. If you have any questions on our subject, give us a call or ask your questions at ChristianQuestions.com or go to our Facebook or you can email us at Rick at ChristianQuestions.net. And just, just in relation to that, uh, Julie, um, question that I didn't prepare you for, <laughs> but you also do a lot of work on the website. Yes, absolutely. And we have all kinds of ways that, that folks can kind of communicate with us with the website. There's a different ways you can write in. You can write in, of course, to Rick at ChristianQuestions.net. Um, you can also, each little program page, every time you have a topic, we've got a program page, and each program page has uh, a video. You can access your rewinds, uh, summaries, uh, suggested other programs. And right at the bottom of there is a blog where you can write in your comments, and we can answer you right there, and that will be a permanent record for that for whoever's studying that particular topic. 
So and so you can and you can also just write in and ask a question. Absolutely, to the there's, website. There's a there's a section on the website that says questions asked and questions answered, and you can go ahead and ask your question, and then you can look and see what everyone else has asked as well, and there'll be a there'll be p- answers posted. So that that's that's a really interesting place to to visit on the website. And a lot of people actually do visit that. Yeah. The, the questions asked, questions answered. So so the point is, folks, that if you want to communicate with us, there's just a myriad of ways to do that, and we we try to make it easy, and we try to get back to you as quickly as we possibly can. And we'd love feedback on the new website as well. Yeah, it, it is relatively new, just a few months old, and if you see things on there, you say, boy, I'd, I'd love, I wish you could do this, or I'm glad you did that. It's, We've done that. Yeah, it's important to know and hear, so th- thanks for that. So we're, we're putting this all in perspective of, of, of the kinds of, of, of questions that are asking or being asked of, of the of the nations, you know, about being hungry and, and, and naked and, and lonely and all of those things. And and he, so let's get back to the Roman scripture, Romans chapter two, verses uh, where are we? Verse five and six. But because of your stubbornness and run, unrepentant heart, you are storing up wrath for yourself in the day of judgment, in the day of wrath and revelation of the righteous judgment of God who will render to each person according to his deeds. So God is tolerant, as we talked about before, but this tolerance does not overlook accountability. It simply prepares us for it. And that, again, there's a lot of sobering things in this particular subject. The thing is that God's tolerance allows us to be and do the things we're going to do so our true colors come out Mm -hmm. so that justice truly can be served. So just because you're do, being able to do things and thinking, oh, well, you know, I can get away with this and I can get away with that, you think you can. But. <laughs> but it all catches up with you for good or for bad. And in this, in this particular case where, 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 where uh, Jesus is talking to the, the sheep class, it was all good because they were doing good things. And they weren't even looking at them as, oh, I hope, I hope Jesus is watching me now. I hope Jesus is watching me now. They were just doing good things. And, and when Jesus recognizes, they're saying, well, when did we do those things? And Jesus is saying, well, you were being yourself. And that is a blessing to you. And, that, and that's really what it comes down to in this, in this righteous judgment when your true colors actually do come out. And the good news is, folks, if our true colors right now aren't so very good colors. We, we need to change them. We, and we can Yes. We can. I would advise you to get started right away. Don't wait for tomorrow. Don't wait for next week. Don't wait for next year. Don't wait for the Day of Judgment. Get started now because you want to mold your character in a God-honoring way. So let's continue with Romans chapter 2. Again, folks, if you have a thought, now would be the time, 866-985-4255, toll-free, 866-985-4ALL. Live Sunday mornings from 7 to 9, and that means we're on right now. To those who, by perseverance and doing good, seek for glory and honor and immortality, eternal life. Okay, so that is talking about the the true followers of Jesus. Right, before this day of judgment. Right, and before this sheep and goats thing. That's right. But to those who are selfishly ambitious and do not obey the truth, but obey unrighteousness, wrath, and indignation, there will be tribulation and distress for every soul of man who does evil, of the Jew first and also of the Greek. So that's about the all nations, which is the subject of the parable of the sheep and the goats. That's right. Okay, so there's a difference in where they're ending up. One is going to a place of of blessing because they've been proven already, and the other is going to to a situation of judgment. And trial. So they can be proven. Yes. And that's the key, and they can be proven good, as the parable of the sheep and goats tells us. That's right. Okay. And continuing, but glory and honor and peace to everyone who does good, to the Jew first 
and also to the Greek. So that tells you that all nations have an opportunity for glory and honor and peace. That's right. So it, even if you're in a bad way now, the good news is it can be good later. It's an awesome thing. Judgment will be based fully upon one's own actions. And let's go to Jeremiah 31, uh, 27 to 30. Behold, days are coming, declares the Lord, when I will sow... The house of Israel and the house of Judah with the seed of man and with the seed of beasts, as I have watched over them to pluck up, to break down, to overthrow, to destroy, and to bring disaster, so I will watch over them to build and to plant, declares the Lord. So again, you have all of these difficult things happening at the beginning, and he's saying, but I'm also going to watch over them to build and to plant. So you have a sense that there is, and again, this, this parable, the sheep and goats, is about all nations, and it's after the day of judgment. It's the final judgment, and everybody's included, and there can be a good end. There can be a good end for all of those nations if they are following through on what's important. And, and that is borne out in the last uh, two verses in Jeremiah 31 here. In those days they will not say again, The fathers have eaten sour grapes, and the children's teeth are set on edge, but everyone will die for his own iniquity. Each man who eats the sour grapes, his teeth will be set on edge. So everybody will be accountable for exactly what they do. And I will never, if, if I'm in that situation and I'm one of all nations, and I can't say to Jesus, well, it was Jonathan's fault. It always is. No, no, but then, you, see, can't, but you can't. You can't. Personal responsibility. Right. You can't because it is put squarely on your shoulders. And this is a very individual final judgment and it's judging us based on the things that we did or the things that we did not do and it's happening at the very end of the day of judgment and it includes everybody this is not about the judgment of the true followers of jesus it's about the judgment of the everybody else why do we say that because that's what jesus said in the second hour we're going to get into the details of how all of that works and how we can really understand the main lesson of how this this comes to pass and the good news in this folks the good news is there will be no place to hide that's the good news it's good no place to hide for jonathan and rick it's christian questions we'll be back again after the news and all of that but till then are you a sheep or a goat we'll be back soon think about it is Christian Questions. H. Jackson Brown once said, Live so that when your children think of fairness, caring, and integrity, they think of you. Good morning, everyone, and welcome back to Christian Questions Talk Radio with your breakfast with Jonathan and Rick. This isn't your typical Christian commentary. We love talking with our audience and promise to never talk at you like so many talk shows do today. This is a conversation about biblical topics as we look at them from a different 
perspective. And Jonathan, we've got a kind of a heavy-duty subject on here this, this, this morning. We uh, we want to welcome in our new audience at Talk Radio 8:50 a.m. in Tennessee, and this is kind of a heavy subject. <laughs> They're not always this heavy, <laughs> but right. it's important to cover the the wide spectrum of, of biblical topics. And we're talking about the parable of the the sheep and the goats. So, what's the question, and what's the theme text? All right, our question: Are you a sheep or a goat? And our theme text is found in Matthew 25, verse 32. All the nations will be gathered before him, and he will separate them from one another, as the shepherd separates the sheep from the goats. And so as we're looking at this particular parable, uh, it is about a time in the future. Yes. The context, and we talked about this in the first hour in great detail, the context of this parable is... After Jesus returns with all of his angels, which are his, his true faithful, followers. Faithful followers, yes. And it, it is in the context of the great judgment day. At the end of that, it's a final judgment. And who is it a judgment on? The nations of the earth. All nations. That's what Jesus said. All nations will be gathered before him. So this is not a judgment on the true followers of Christ. Their yeah. judgment had happened long before this. Yes. They are, as a matter of fact, aiding Jesus in the judgment of the world. That's right. So this is a very prophetic subject that takes place long time from now, a long time from now, and it's putting everybody in the position of having to be uh, a judge. And we talked about sheep and goats and the difference between the two, and I just want to start this segment um, with a, a quick little soundbite uh, from a, a YouTube video. This was a, a farmer who was um, actually uh, has, has, has goats, mm -hmm. and she's doing this video trying to show you, you know, show off her goat. Just listen to the little things that keep going wrong in her <laughs> as she's trying to show off her, her, her little goat here. This is my two goats. This is Addie. And this is Josie. And we're going to milk Addie today. Hi, Josie. Addie's going to just jump up into her milking stall. Uh, Addie. Okay, don't leave the door open with goats. <laughs> Addie's just going to jump right into. Oh, what are you doing, Addie? <laughs> This is one reason you do not leave your buckets uncovered. Goats will get into just about anything. All right, Addie, hop up into your stall. She's just going to hop right in and go right to her little food area. Okay, maybe not. <laughs> Real life of goats here. <laughs> Real life of goats here. Yeah, and it just it was funny. It was amusing to watch. Like, she's like, and here's what's going to happen. Okay, all right. Ooh, ooh, ooh. Nope, not quite. And that really does kind of reflect what we're talking about with why goats are used to represent those who don't make it. Uh, because they have this will and mind of their own. And so it, it's a very sobering thing when you're looking at this this final judgment. So let's let's read um, through Matthew 25, 41 to 45. In the first hour, we talked about how Jesus is... is um, uh, mentioning to the sheep class in this. So those of the all nations who are actually doing the will of God. And he's saying, you did all of these things, and they were being in the process of being rewarded. Here, he's now talking to the goat class. And here's what he says. Then he will also say to those on his left, Depart from me, accursed ones, into the eternal fire which has been prepared for the devil and his angels. That's not a good picture. For I was hungry, and you gave me nothing to eat. I was thirsty, and you gave me nothing to drink. I was a stranger, and you did not invite me in. Naked, and you did not clothe me. Sick, and in prison, and you did not visit me. Then they themselves also will answer, Lord, 
when did we see you hungry or thirsty or a stranger or naked or sick or in prison and did not take care of you? Then he will answer them, Truly I say to you, to the extent that you did not do it to one of the least of these, you did not do it to me. So there is a very serious judgment. And in some ways you look at it and it's almost subtle because Jesus is saying, well, you know, you didn't take care of me this way. You didn't take care of me that way. You didn't take care of me this way. And the response is, wait, 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 wait. We never saw you in that situation. That wasn't the point. Exactly. That wasn't the point. And so here is where the true colors are, are coming out. You know, what are the true colors of, the, uh, of the, the sheep and the goats? And what happens as a result of those true colors at this very end of this, of, of this day of judgment? And, and Jonathan, we, we should mention at the beginning of the second hour, we do have some special guests in, in the studio with us uh, observing the program. We've got uh, Julie, our chief Seeker Rewinder. And her husband, Doug, they're in from Chicago, Illinois, uh, in for a visit for the weekend. They've wanted to see, well, what does this Christian Questions thing look like in real life? Because you're living in Illinois and we live in Connecticut. There's 900 miles and, yeah. you know, you just don't <laughs> just stop in and say hello. Um, but, uh, you know, Doug, when we were talking during the break, you actually had a, an observation that, that you, were, you were making. I think is, is is important to go over at this point. Right. Um, it was about the true colors. Um, when I hear the that phrase "true colors," it became it's part of our vocabulary now, and, and and it seems like that tells me that it's my natural inherited nature. These are my true colors. This is what I was born with. So that gives me the impression that maybe that can't be changed. But I think we all realize that we have to change, and we can change, but we just have to be patient and and put the effort forward. To change so that our true colors actually become more Christ-like. Well, and I think, and the point is that you know we often look at the idea of true colors, and you're right. It's like, okay, this is what you are, and you can't change. Here's the problem with the colors that we paint with in in the world today. We are born in sin and shaped in iniquity. Yep. So the palette of of paints that we're using is defective. Gotcha. So we can't paint with our true colors, but in the day of judgment, that is erased by the ransom of Jesus. So the true colors are the potential of each human being. What they can become is what their real true colors are. And they can weed out all those yucky, right. bad things so, that are a part of their character. So, so Doug, by bringing that out, you, you brought out an important point that, folks, look, even if, if you have lived a life that has not produced goodness... It doesn't mean those are necessarily your true colors. You live in a sinful world. I'm not making excuses for you. And in the day of judgment, though, you can choose. You can choose to weed those things out and present yourself in a wholesome, clear, clean, true color before God and Christ. So, Doug, thanks for that, uh, that observation. All the way from Chicago, Illinois, I might add. Um, all right, so we've got the personal actions here. That, were, that are separating the sheep from the goats. And it's ultimately the actions that provoke judgment. Uh, all are tied to the following statement of Jesus. Now, so remember, all of these things, these are the things that you did not do. Right. All right, now, let's look at another statement of Jesus and tie it all together. Because once we look at this other statement, I think it's all going to really make sense. One of the scribes came and heard them arguing, and recognizing that he answered them well, asked him, What commandment is the foremost of all? Jesus answered, The foremost is, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one Lord, and you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, and with all your soul, and with all your mind, and with all your strength. The second is this, you shall love your neighbor as yourself. 
There is no other commandment greater than these. So Jesus is summing up the commandments in these two statements. You love the Lord your God with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength, and your neighbor as yourself. Yes. And now if we look at those in conjunction with the elements of judgments, there is an absolute correlation between the two. There is. Okay, so before we get to that correlation, though, Jonathan, why don't we go to the phones? All right, we have Julius from Connecticut. Good morning, Julius, and welcome to Christian Questions. Good morning. Hey. Uh, Rick and Jonathan, good morning also to your guests, Julie and Doug. Good morning. And uh, uh, congratulations, best wishes to your new station in Tennessee. No, thank you. We know some nice people from Tennessee. Yes. Yeah. Uh, one principle that uh, sticks in my mind from this parable, uh, wonderful illustration, really. Uh, I think uh, two, two things, in fact. I think you might have alluded to it already uh, at the earliest part of your program, where the principles apply now, and, you know, they, are, they always apply this principle of uh, doing for others. You know, there's a reward to it and so forth. Uh, but uh, the text is uh, 25 verse 40. That, that sticks. That I like that principle. As, as long as you've done it unto one of these, you've done it unto me. I like that uh, because it's uh, corroborated in other scriptures also. Doing for the Lord, you do it unto uh, uh, his people. You do it as doing unto the Lord. And also, recall uh, Genesis 4 where... Uh, uh, Cain was running away from God. Yes. Yeah, like he was going to hide from God, you know? Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, he says, uh, am I my brother's keeper? Uh, yes, brother. You are your brother's keeper. One day, Jehovah God will enforce this principle. And, uh, well, like you say, when the parable applies uh, more specifically in the, in the millennial age. Thank you. God bless. Thank you, Joyce. Appreciate your call. Good day. Bye-bye. And, and he's right. You look at the principles now, but we realize that this parable is a future application, and it's about what you do or you do not do in your natural state in an, in an environment where goodness prevails. Yes. And that's the key. The environment is there. So now we have, let's look at the, that statement from Jesus. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength, and your neighbor as yourself. And look at the, there, there's four basic categories of needs that needed to be filled. That's a, interesting, yes. First was the, be, I was hungry and thirsty. And that is the category of just human hunger. Yes, and the heart open to the immediate physical needs of those around you. So when Jesus says, love the Lord your God with all your heart, perhaps that's helping us to allude to the fact that take care of, observe, and, and, and take care of those who have immediate needs yes. in their life. And then you had the stranger. You know, I was a stranger, you did not take me in. And that's the loneliness of, of the human, uh, the human uh, uh, form. And the word mind is mind open to the immediate human need for compassion of those who are in unfamiliar circumstances. And that takes a little more thinking. To to realize somebody is hungry in front of you, that's pretty easy. Mm-hmm. Okay, but when you, to, to realize somebody is a stranger and lonely is a much harder thing. And I think it takes the application of your mind to really truly observe that and do something about it. And folks, if you have a thought, it's 866-985-4255, toll free, 866-985-4ALL. We're live Sunday mornings from 7 to 9, and that means we're on right now. And our website, ChristianQuestions.com. So we have hungry is opening your heart, heart, mind, soul, and strength. Stranger is the application of your mind. I was naked and you clothed me. Well, that gives us a sense of I had lack 
and and you and you you took care of that lack. Which which one of those characteristics of, that Jesus mentioned in this other scripture apply here? Soul, soul open to the tragedies that expose others to harsh elements. Because that's much more of a long term, long range problem. If if someone is not in a situation where where, where they're able to take care of themselves, that's over a long period of time, and it takes. A different kind of application. You know, if somebody's hungry, you can just hand them something that you have. Yes. That's relatively easy. Mm-hmm. If somebody's lonely, you open your mind and you can help to fill that gap. But here, the tragedy of long-term exposure really requires much more of a giving of your very soul, your very being. Mentoring, right, helping. Right, right, to fulfill that. Yes. So you've got heart, mind, and soul figure fitting in with hunger, stranger, and naked. And then the last one is I was sick and in prison. And and you came to visit me, and and, and both of those things represent a captivity. Yes. So which there's only one characteristic left. Strength. That's right. Strength open to the long-term healing and freedom needs of those who struggle mightily. So what this is saying is that the judgment, the final judgment of the final days of the of the day of judgment, is about the things that we do or the things that we do not do. And it really does apply in relation to how Jesus proclaimed the greatest commandment. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength, and your neighbor as yourself. This is showing us how we're supposed to love God by loving our neighbor. What a great illustration of finding what our true colors, our true potential, really truly is. This is Christian Questions. I'm Jonathan here with Rick. Our subject, Are You a Sheep or a Goat? Coming up, final judgment for the sheep and goats. What is that judgment? Are you sure? That's next. You're listening to Christian Questions. Welcome back. This is Christian Questions. I'm Jonathan here with Rick. Our subject this morning, are you a sheep or a goat? To be a part of our program, call toll-free 866-985-4255. That's 866-985-4ALL. We're live Sunday mornings from 7 to 9. That means we're on right now on our website, ChristianQuestions.com. And we want to welcome in our new listeners at Talk Radio 850 AM in Tennessee. Great to have you with us. We'd love to hear your thoughts. Uh, Again, it's 866-985-4255. And as we begin to unfold this subject again in this this segment, Jonathan, we're really going to be focusing on the, what is the end result of the judgment? This final judgment, what does it end up yielding for those on the right side who do the sheep do the good things mm-hmm. or those on the left side the goats who don't do the things they're supposed to before we get into that though let's just go back to talk a little bit with uh, with Julie just for a moment here about seek your rewind because it's become a very very important part of the whole Christian questions culture uh, and it's something that is available to you free of charge you need to sign up for it at christianquestions.com it's a, a free service and it offers a lot in terms of being able to supplement what we're doing here on the air so Julie a little bit more I, I you said you had some other comments here well rewind is a, a written transcript Rick of the program and it's available about a week after the program here today and that's where we write out all the scriptures. We'll add illustrations and some photos. And all you need to do is sign up with your email. And every week we send you a link 
whenever the newest rewind is available. And like I said, that's about a week later. And with that link, you also have access to nearly 200 additional rewinds. So you can pick an older program that maybe you might have missed or that you heard but you'd like to see. And our new website makes it very easy to see all the resources for any biblical topic that you're looking for. So it, it's all there, and, and you know it, it takes a, it takes about a, a week to put this together. Yeah, and there's a team a team that works on it every week. Our volunteer army. Yeah, we and we do have quite a volunteer army, and so uh, Julie, you are, you will sort of head up that particular effort uh, that we began a, a little over three years ago, mm-hmm. and it's been very very valuable. So we thank you for your efforts and and making it available. And it, what it does, folks, is it gives you the listener the the, the program in a written format so that you can have it to see as well as hear. I mean, radio is, is good because you hear it, but you want to see it as well. And that Seeker Rewind, the full edition, sign up now. Only at ChristianQuestions.com. All right. Now, the final judgment. And it really comes down to life or death. That's really the bottom line here. We had skipped one of the verses when we were talking about the judgment upon the sheep class, which is part of all nations at the end of the day of judgment. So it doesn't happen now. This parable only applies future future at the end of the day of judgment. So this applies in a long ways from now. Matthew 25:34. Come, you who are blessed of my Father, inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world. So it's saying to the sheep class, and these are the sheep of all nations in the kingdom, that after the great day of judgment, come, you have proven that you are worthy of life. Come, inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world. What a beautiful promise. That is. And it's, in, and it's again, it's giving that promise to all nations. So that means even if you're not a, a devout Christian now, there's hope. There is. According to that. That's good news. Because that's where the context puts it. So now let's go to, so you've got the hope of life. Now let's go to Matthew 25, 45 to 46, the other side of the coin. Then he will answer them, Truly I say to you, to the extent that you did not do it to one of the least of these, you did not do it to me. These will go away into eternal punishment, but the righteous into eternal life. So you have eternal punishment and then the righteous into eternal life. Well, now that sounds ominous. It does. And there's lots of different interpretations of what eternal punishment is. As a matter of fact, folks, next Sunday, next Sunday's Christian Questions, we are going to be interviewing for a second time the producer of the movie Hellbound. Hellbound with a question mark, uh, Kevin Miller. Uh, he will be with us for the two hours as we discuss his documentary and a lot of the scriptural perception on what hell really is, and you may be surprised from a scriptural standpoint what you see. So you want to be with us next week for that. Uh, Jonathan, let's go to Isaiah 26, nine because we've got to figure out, okay, what is this judgment thing, this negativity, if you will, what is it bringing us, what is it leading to? With my soul have I desired thee in the night, yea, with my spirit within me will I seek thee early. For when the judgments are in the earth, the inhabitants of the world will learn righteousness. That is a prophecy. And, and folks, the, the question is, when you look at prophecies like this, you, you can it's really kind of a simple exercise. You look around and say, okay, have the inhabitants of the world learned righteousness? No. Are God's judgments clear and in the earth? No. <laughs> well, you're pretty quick on those, aren't you? <laughs> so what that's telling us is this has got to be something future, yes. and it ties in with what the Day of Judgment truly is about. And folks, if you're saying, well, wait, wait, how do you see the Day of Judgment? Two weeks ago, we did a program on the Day of Judgment. 
So if you go back two weeks, go to the archives, go to CQ Rewind, sign up for that. If for, that is premium content here at ChristianQuestions.com. You can get a sense of the Day of Judgment, and this program sort of sits nicely on its shoulders. Yes. So there's a method to our madness, I guess. <laughs> uh, so you have this. So the Day of Judgment's purpose is to establish righteousness in the earth. Haven't seen it yet. It's therefore to come. Once established, it will be thoroughly tested so as to prove for all eternity those who stand for God and those who don't, the sheep and the goats. So what ends up happening with that? Revelation 20, verses 7 through 9. When the thousand years are completed, Satan will be released from his prison and will come out to deceive the nations which are in the four corners of the earth, Gog and Magog, to gather them together for the war. The number them of them is like the sand of the seashore. And they came up on the broad plain of the earth and surrounded the camp of the saints and the beloved city, and fire came down from heaven and devoured them. That is pretty serious stuff. Now, it's very highly symbolic language, first of all. But the thing, the key thing is what the, this Revelation text is telling us. It is definitely at the, in the same time frame. Yes. It's, it's at the end of the thousand years. So it is at the end of the great day of judgment. And it puts us in a context where you have those who are still evil. Their true colors have come through. They goats. had, they had, they had a choice, right? They did. They had a choice. They could have changed. They could have become righteous. Every human being has that potential within them. And in the day of judgment, as you are resurrected and having been paid for in ransom by Jesus, every human being has the opportunity to paint their the palette of their true colors with the righteousness of God. Without the tainted paint of sin and, and evil. Right, right. But these are the ones who have chosen not to. And you have and what it says is they are devoured. It doesn't say they're tortured or tormented. It says they're devoured. What does that, that mean? That means no more. Well when when something is devoured, you know you It's gone. Good, good example. Piece of chocolate cake put in front of Jonathan. Gone. Devoured. Over. <laughs> History. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> so, the, and and the the idea is the fire devours and it destroys, and that is a very significant scriptural theme, folks. If you have a thought, it's eight six six nine eight five four two five five. Toll free eight six six nine eight five four. All we are live Sunday mornings from seven to nine, and that means we're on right now. And the conversation continues online at christianquestions dot com. Contact us there with your questions or comments. Also, interact with us on our Facebook and our blog. All available. We'd love to hear from uh, you folks and hear what you really think. And yeah, you can be honest with us. Uh, and uh, we'd love to uh, have a conversation with you that way as well as uh, via the the, uh, the the broadcast itself. Jonathan, there's a, there's a principle of destruction. And, and again, folks, you know, I guess I've got to apologize because this is a heavy-duty subject this it morning. Is. And every subject, especially for those new listeners at Talk Radio 850 AM, every program is not this heavy duty, <laughs> pounding away. And we do a lot of different kinds of subjects, and this just happens to be a week where we're dealing with a very heavy uh, prophetic type subject. But that's what makes this such a, a valuable interchange uh, to have with you all, is, is that we're, we want to go through the entire body of Scripture and really get a sense of the plan of God. And it's miraculous, and it's, and it's inspiring as we do that. So... Again, bear with us for this difficult subject. This is a theme, the idea of destruction. Let's look at Genesis seven twenty-one to 23. And again, we'll just read parts of this, these verses to, to try to put this idea of destruction in, in order. All that was on the dry land, 
all in whose nostrils was the breath of the spirit of life died. All right, now, you just like jumped into that. What, what's happening We're here? We're talking about the flood here. The great flood of Noah's time. And what it's saying is it's proclaiming that the result of that great flood was that all in whose nostrils was the breath of the spirit of life, what happened to they them? They died. They died. Okay, they perished. They were devoured, if you will. By the, the the waters, by the flood. Yes. Okay. Let's let's continue. From animal, from man to animals, to creeping things and to birds of the sky, and they were blotted out from the earth. So again, the picture language. They they died. That's pretty straightforward. That's not a picture. They were blotted out from the earth. Mm-hmm. When so non-existent. So, right. They're no more. That's what happened. Man and animals the same. So it's an interesting thought to say, okay. You mean to tell me when, when you die, a man and an animal, it's the same thing? Well, that's what it says from yes. the day of Noah. Yep. So you got to say, well, well, how does it... We're going to be doing a program on that in a, in a few weeks, too. So <laughs> we'll get to that in much more detail. But the, the, the language, Jonathan, is blotted out, perished, died. and died. Yep. Now, that's what happened as a result of the great flood in Noah's day. Now, let's look at... And, and the world, actually, as it was, was destroyed. Yes. Okay, let's look at Second Peter chapter 3, verses 5 through 7. Again, just let's read some parts here. The earth was formed out of water and by water, through which the world at that time was destroyed, being flooded with water. So now the world was destroyed, being flooded with water. Right. So the world, but, but did the world exist? Yes. I mean, did didn't, it, didn't Noah and his family land? Yes. It <laughs> did dry they, up. <laughs> you're right. And didn't they get out of the boat? They did. And didn't they repopulate the earth? They did. But the world was destroyed. Right. But it wasn't the, the actual physical earth that was destroyed no, by water. No, But the whole order of things was changed. That's right. So the world as it was, the way the world was operating because of the, the um, interchange that the, the fallen angels had, had, had perpetuated upon the earth, that was all destroyed. Yes. Now, let's continue reading in Second Peter, because he's drawing a parallel between the kind of destruction at the flood and then the kind of destruction as a result of, of judgment. But by his word, the present heavens and earth are being reserved for fire, kept for the day of judgment and destruction of ungodly men. So you have the same thing, just a m- different methodology. And you have fire that devours. Now, is it necessarily a physical fire? I don't think so. But what I do think it is, is the fire, it's the picture. Fire can do two things. It consumes, Rick. Right. Fire consumes and it purifies. Yes, yes. So if you have fire in, in a, in a, used in a, in a situation where it's purifying, you can, Gold tried by fire, that's a scripture. Yes. The, the trials of fire that you have, that's a scripture. And those things are showing us destruction of fleshly desires and the purifying of our lives. But this is showing a, a destruction of the world and the destruction of ungodly men. It doesn't say torturing, but it says destruction. Yes. So when in this parable of the sheep and the goats, with the goats who are on the left side, who didn't do those things, it was as a result of what they did not do, because that was what their choice of their true colors was. And we're really going to get into that in the last segment. That's where it ends up. Peter is saying that the heavens and the earth met their end by water, and in the same in Noah's day, and in the same way will meet their end by fire. And what happens to the ungodly is destruction. Yes. And now, just one other sort of 
physical illustration of the scriptural language that helps us to understand that it is, in fact, destruction that's being talked about. Psalm 37.20. But the wicked will perish, and the enemies of the Lord will be like the glory of the pastures. They vanish like smoke. They vanish away. So, again, the picture language, the wicked will perish they will, like smoke, vanish away. When you see smoke, what happens? It goes up and then it just vanishes and you just yeah. don't know where it went. Yes. It's gone. That's the thing. It's not, it's not existing someplace else. It's gone to the human eye. It's gone. And that's what the picture is. So there is the final judgment is either life or the absence of life, which is equated to death. That's, that's the way it works. It's really a simple thing. And even when you go back to the Garden of Eden, in the day that thou eatest thereof, thou shalt surely right, die. Dying thou shalt die. The absence of life. They were given life as a miraculous gift, and yet, as a result of that miraculous gift, the ability for it to be taken away was, was, was included. Yes. So death is the absence of life. So we see judgment and how it works and how it all plays out in, in, in this day of judgment, at the end of the day of judgment, upon all nations. This is Christian Questions. I'm Jonathan here with Rick. Our subject, are you a sheep or a goat? Coming up, how can the shepherd have two flocks? That's what Rick thinks. I don't remember reading that. Two flocks? That's next. Yeah, we... You're listening to Christian Questions. Welcome back. This is Christian Questions. I'm Jonathan here with Rick. Our subject this morning, are you a sheep or a goat? This is what? Or are you going to say something? This is... Uh... <laughs> if you have a thought, give us a call. Thanks, Rick. At 866-985-4255. That's 866-985-4ALL. We are live Sunday mornings from 7 to 9. That means we're on right now. And our website, ChristianQuestions.com, and we want to welcome in our new listeners from Talk Radio 850 AM in Tennessee. Yeah, this is Jonathan and Rick having a conversation about actually a very, very difficult subject. Um, we're talking about the parable of the sheep and the goats, and it is a very prophetic look at a time long in the future from now. The end of the Day of Judgment. Right, and you know, the Day of Judgment, it covers a total of a thousand years. So, I mean, you've got a long time from now, but Jesus tells us specifically that that's when we have to apply this. So we don't have a right to take this parable and apply it someplace else, because Jesus tells us that way. Though the principles of the parable right. are great to start right, today. Right, right, right. You, you should, absolutely yes. should. Whether you're a believer or not, you ought to live the principles of what this parable is telling yes. us. Because there's the no earlier, time the like the present. That's right, because you want your true colors to be true, 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 godly colors. And uh, so, Jonathan, uh, you know, before the break, you mentioned that something about two flocks. That's right. You said there are two Flocks? Yes, I did. And I didn't make that up either. Well, where did you find it? Well, you know, I found that in the scriptures. And that's an important point to, di to distinguish between who Jesus is talking about in this parable and who he's talking about in other places. Okay. Okay, so let's look at the first, Christ first flock. is the Christian flock, the little flock, which is, it's often called. John chapter 10, verses 14 and 15. And this is a scripture that we all are familiar with, and it gives us the picture of the flock that follows Jesus. I am the good shepherd, and I know my own, and my own know me. 
Even as the Father knows me, I know the Father, and I lay down my life for the sheep. So he is saying that he is the good shepherd, and he knows his sheep. And he's talking in a present tense, this is what I am, and these are my sheep. And their reward is laid out in Luke twelve thirty-two. Do not be afraid, little flock, for your Father has chosen gladly to give you the kingdom. So it's called a little flock. Right. The followers of Jesus, and they are the followers of Jesus in this present sinful, evil, terrible world that we live in. They're the ones who are stepping out, stepping up, trying to fashion their lives in uh, to, to be footstep followers of Jesus in a life of sacrifice. Yes. So that is the flock that we're all so very familiar with. And there's another one. There is another one, though. In the scriptures, Jesus himself says, but there is another flock. So it has nothing to do with those called out to be Christians right now. Here's what Jesus says. Let's look at John chapter 10. Same, same picture. John chapter 10, verses 16 to 17. I have other sheep, which are not of this fold. See, another flock. I must bring them also, and they will hear my voice. And they will become one flock with one shepherd. For this reason, the Father loves me because I lay down my life so that I may again take it up again. So see, see, see the incredible difference in the first part of John 10, 14 and 15. I know my sheep. They're with me now. Footstep followers of Jesus right. now. But, but in John 10, 16 and 17, he says, I must bring them also and they will become one flock. So wow. it's future. Neat. So when you look at the parable of the sheep and the goats, you can say, well, wait a minute. Now it's fitting together because it's a future picture. It's another flock. And Jesus says all nations are gathered together and there are, surprise, surprise, sheep. Yes. The other flock. There they are. You see, I told <laughs> you. There, it's right there. It's just, it's written and all well, you've got to do. All you had to do is say, Jesus said so. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> all right. All right. I, I just spent five minutes and you just <laughs> summed it up in three seconds. <laughs> That's what Jesus said. And, and, you know, that's actually a, a great way to look at it. That's what Jesus said. There are two different flocks. One is present, the other is future. And when you, it can't be a coincidence that this parable of the sheep and goats is using the same picture language. And Jesus himself is using the, the, the illustration of sheep. Cannot be a coincidence. It is definitely showing us the difference between the two. So God will, and here's the thing. It's about what you do or what you do not do. The great thing about this in Ezekiel chapter 34, there's a great prophecy here. God will do for his earthly creation exactly what he wants them, his earthly creation, to do for each other. And this is, again, talking about that great day of judgment and then the judgment following with the sheep and the goats. Then I will set over them one shepherd, my servant David, and he will feed them. He will feed them himself and be their shepherd. And I, the Lord, will be their God. And my servant David will be prince among them. I, the Lord have spoken. I will make a covenant of peace with them and emulate harmful, eliminate harmful beasts from the land so that they may live securely in the wilderness and sleep in the woods. Um, so you have, you have the uh, uh, picture of something happening in the future. The one shepherd, David, which represents Jesus, and he is putting this, this flock in, in place. And when you look at this, Jonathan, remember the four different areas that we're, we're, we were talking about, uh, you know, hungry and thirsty, naked, sick and in prison, and stranger? Yes. Well, this really, this first part of this prophecy really applies to those who have a lack, because it's talking about, uh, you know, 
I will make with them a covenant of peace and eliminate harmful beasts from the land so they may live securely in the wilderness and sleep in the woods. I will take away all of the potential lack and difficulty. And remember, it was love the Lord your God with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength. That's right. Your soul. That's right. Here, open to the tragedies. So God is preparing the earth and showing us an example by doing it first himself. Jonathan, let's take a moment and go to the phones. All right. Well, we have Randall from Connecticut. Good morning, Randall, and welcome to Christian Questions. Good morning. Happy Sunday, guys. To you, too. I was headbutted by a goat, but that's <laughs> that as a child, but that's another story. Oh. Is, it was a petting zoo. Ezekiel thirty-four thirty-one. Did you ever go back? No, but I was typical Randall. I was more upset that the goat got in trouble. The guy hit the goat, which is probably why the goat was hitting people in the first place. But anyhow, Ezekiel thirty-four thirty-one. You, my sheep, you are the sheep of my pasture, and I am your God, says the Lord God. The parable of the sheep and the goats is about the last things, but also challenges the Christian today. God's plan is perfect, but man's selfishness scatters his sheep and brings ruin. Ezekiel 34, 5. So they were scattered for lack of a shepherd and became food for all the wild beasts. Christians are called to bring Jesus to all of his flock and reunite the flock by acting as shepherds themselves. The Christian must not just preach, but bear witness by caring for others in an unselfish way. John ten sixteen, I have other sheep. I must also lead, and there will be one flock and one shepherd. Randall, thanks so much. We appreciate it. God bless you guys. Take care. So... What it, he's, he's putting together actually the scriptures that we're actually talking about right now. That's and right. he's saying that these, all of these sheep are going to come under his Jesus rulership. Some now and a whole bunch later. The other flock is later. That's what Jesus is telling us. If you have a thought, now would be the time. Give us a call at 866-985-4255. That's 866-985-4ALL. We're live Sunday mornings from 7 to 9. That means we're on right now. And go to our website, ChristianQuestions.com. We have over 500 archived programs. And go to the website and become a Twitter follower to learn about upcoming programs and any new updates posted. So you got sheep and goats, bah, tweet. We got tweets and sheeps and goats and animal <laughs> okay, sounds. and <laughs> <Rick>. <laughs> Become a Twitter follower. Yes, that's, uh, this, these are things that are, that are all above and beyond me, but they're really cool. So all available at ChristianQuestions.com. So, Jonathan, we need to, to wrap this up, and we're looking at this, this, this illustration of the sheep and the goats. And again, and I know I might sound like a broken record, but this is the end result of the great day of judgment, and this is judgment upon all nations. This particular parable, its main thrust, its main point, has nothing to do with the true followers of Christ. That's right. Nothing to do with them, even though it's called, talking about sheep, because these are sheep of the other flock. The second flock, right, we could say. That Jesus mentions in John ten sixteen, and it's about bringing them into righteousness in an earthly environment. And we're looking at Ezekiel chapter 34, and we're seeing that God actually illustrates how they're supposed to act one to another by doing all of those things first. In Ezekiel 34, uh, 25, it was ex- expressing how he would take care of the lacks that people would have. Now we're going to go to Ezekiel thir- 34, verses 26 and 27. I will make them 
and the places around my hill a blessing, and I will cause showers to come down in their season. They will be showers of blessing. Also the tree of the field will yield its fruit, and the earth will yield its increase, and they will be secure on their land. So there's a real clear picture here. Showers coming down, the earth yielding fruit, the trees yielding uh, their, their increase. You'll be lacking nothing. So hungry and thirsty, God is feeding the earth. The yes. people on the earth. He's feeding them. And and when we talked about that, it was a it was a picture of what? Love the heart. Lord, love the Lord your God with all your soul, your heart. Open to the immediate physical needs of those around you. So God is saying, I will in, will will put the earth in a in a in a place where it will produce its its increase. I will feed all of you. Now you each should make sure that each other is taken care of in the same way. I love it. So it's not just a matter of, oh, I didn't know he was supposed to do that. God illustrates by the environment of the Day of Judgment. And there is no excuse to not follow through unless you just choose not to, in which case your judgment is upon your own head. Good point. So now let's continue a little further in uh, uh, Ezekiel chapter 34. We're going to verse uh, the, the second half of verse 27 on through 28. Then they will know that I am the Lord, when I have broken the bars of their yoke and have delivered them from the hand of those who enslaved them. They will no longer be prey to the nations, and the beasts of the earth will not devour them, but they will live securely, and no one will make them afraid. So again, you have a graphic picture I will. I have broken the bars of their yoke and delivered them from the hands of those who enslaved them. Doesn't that remind you of what Jesus said when I was sick and in prison? Yes. So God sets the environment and takes away all of the imprisonment and says, this is what I'm doing for the world as a gen- my general creation. You each do this for one another. And when the judgment of the sheep and goats comes to the to, to the fore before Jesus, he Jesus can look at each of all the nations and say, you have either done this or you haven't. And it, there's no excuse because not only have you been told, you've been shown. Good point. You've been shown throughout this day of judgment. So the, the next segment section, on, and this is exciting how it all fits together. Next section, Ezekiel chapter 34, verses 29 uh, to 31. But but uh, that also sick and in prison reminds me of the strength. Heart, love the Lord your God with all your soul, your heart, and your strength. Open to the long-term right, right. healing and freedom and the needs of those who struggle mightily. So God takes care of their needs by breaking the bars of the yoke and delivering them from the hands of those enslaved them. We also need to do, all nations also need to do that at that, that time. Of, yes, And they need to do it before the very end. Right. Be they, because God did it before the very end. Right. So that, that puts it in place. But you were, I forgot about that point. So soul, heart, and strength we've covered. Obviously, mind is next. And wouldn't you know, Ezekiel chapter 34, verses 29 to 31, uh, describes that. I will establish from them a renewed planting place, and they will not again be victims of famine in the land. They will not endure the insults of the nations anymore. Then they will know that I... The Lord, their God, am with them, and that they, the house of Israel, are my people, declares the Lord God. As for you, my sheep, my sheep of my pasture, you are men, and I am your God, declares the Lord God. So, it's giving us a picture. Then they will know that I am the Lord, their God. In other words, they were strangers before. But God puts it in a perspective, but no more. 
That's because right. they're going to know that I am their God. And he's giving them all these blessings. Right. They won't endure the insults of nations anymore because I will be manifest to them. They will no longer be strangers in the land. And that has to do with opening up our minds one to another. That's right. And to the immediate human need for compassion for those who are unfamiliar with circumstances. So that puts things in such a clear perspective to show us that this this illustration of the sheep and goats is happening to all nations. And the, the really, really good news of this, Jonathan, is that all nations will have an opportunity to show their true colors. They will have an opportunity to throw away the paints that they use in this world, and they'll have an opportunity to take up the paints of goodness and righteousness and justice because Jesus paid the ransom for them just like he paid for you and I. He paid for it, and therefore they get a new set of paints to paint the picture of their lives and show their true colors as following after God through Jesus, and they are the other flock. You've got the little flock now, the other flock later, which is all the nations of the earth. That's what this judgment is about. That's what this parable of the sheep and goats is about. So take great heart and start now. Start working right now on becoming godly in your character and in your thoughts. For Jonathan and Rick, it's Christian Questions. We hope you've enjoyed being with us this morning. We have truly enjoyed being with you. We'll be back again next week with another subject. But until then, are you a sheep or a goat? We'll be back next week. Think about it.